0: Dan hello Riley welcome to our new post Halloween reality
1: Oh my god it's been a few weeks since Halloween and boy is it ever a different season now why don't you tell the good listener what happened last night what 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 happened last I'm uh, doing the worst improv thing you can do what happened <laughs> last night Well uh, it snowed quite heavily here in uh, Canada's nation wait Canada's nation Canadian the national capital of Canada it snowed heavily
0: it did but it was actually quite beautiful I went to the dog park my dog loves it
1: my son played snow soccer Uh, I threw snowballs at him with my daughter and then I went inside and I put uh, one of those uh, YouTube uh, crackling fires and Christmas carols turned off all the yeah
0: I love the crackling fire do you know there's also rotisserie chicken when I was a kid and my parents would go and get one of those barbecue chickens from the grocery store, that was a big fucking deal. My mother was very much like, no, I'm going to cook food at home. So getting anything store-bought was a big deal. The bucket. We, we did that as well, but I loved
1: the uh, barbecue chickens. I tried to cook uh, drumsticks last night. What do you mean? Anybody cook drumsticks? Well, in my air fryer. I had bought an air fryer and they didn't turn out very good.
0: Oh, have you done French fries though? Yes amazing (laughs) well that's all you well i swear by my i'm using my air fryer on a lot of can you make my favorite new discovery which other people know about obviously but i am kind of new to them which is um Mm. deep fried
1: pickles (gasps) yeah i haven't made those and that's one of the things i wanted to make when i got it oh my god i only got it like uh at the beginning of the pandemic so that's a good time to get it yeah and i i so love deep fried pickles oh my god You've spent time in the United Kingdom. Yes, of course. Have you, you know, like Scotland's notorious for deep frying everything. Have you tried any of those like deep fried Mars bars? You know, like that? but you
0: know what's worse for that is the American South. The oh. American South are, fry everything. In the South, they've basically if you go to any kind of event like nascar or a fair or anything in the southern u.s there's going to be deep fried mars bars deep fried i've had i've had deep fried cupcakes really they'll fry anything
1: they will fry anything oh boy well i have no problem with deep frying i think it's a wonderful sin i don't either and apparently those air fryers are more healthy for you well because you're
0: using very little oil Mm In some cases, you're not using oil at all. So I just have a question. I'm sure our, our audience is kind of curious about it as well. So like if I have frozen French fries, you just throw them in frozen, 12 minutes later, you've got fries.
1: Uh, they take 30 minutes. Oh, okay. 30 minutes from frozen. Mm-hmm. Um, no oil. I put seasoning on them. Okay. And they're done. I got the the tea fall active fry is the one I have. So my, mine has two compartments that you can put. Stuff and they're in. crispy. Oh, very much. Yeah. And what else have you fried? Pogos, otherwise known as corn dogs. Yes. Otherwise known as weird, creepy North American food in other places. I had my first pogo two years ago. Uh, And so if people don't know, that's a hot dog on a stick covered in a... Cornmeal um, batter. Cornmeal batter. Yeah, batter. Uh, I love eating that with honey mustard. What else? Uh, Onion rings. Oh, yeah. Uh, Potatoes and carrots. Like just like a, a, a little... I take those little mini potatoes or fingerling potatoes. I've done f- like actual fresh French fries.
0: Could you now slice a potato very thin and make potato chips? Absolutely. Oh my God. Okay, now I'm, I'm intrigued because I've seen these around mm-hmm. for a while. But I have to be careful because I got, I got caught up in the Instapot hysteria and it was kind of disappointing, the Instapot. Why? I mm. thought it was going to be like a slow cooker where you just throw everything in and you leave. No, 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 no. You always have to cook something before you throw it in the Instapot. Like it has, it's, it's. There's, no, there's nothing instant about it. Well, there it. is. It, it, it pressure cooks, but before you pressure cook it, you got to kind of like saute shit.
1: Oh, I see. So it's different from a crock. I always wondered how it was different from a crock pot. It's different fast though the
0: best thing i've done with it is rice and boiling eggs because it boils Together? eggs as a pressure cooker would so when they're done the the shell just comes pops off so there's no picking away it. there's nothing worse than peeling an egg that's just not cooperative
1: oh that's the other thing i want to do is it? scotch eggs mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking about yeah not okay. my thing you just don't care for them but you could tell by my face yeah uh, I know you probably had, there's probably something really bad that happened to you with a scotch <laughs> No,
0: not yet. Mm. Uh, Were you stabbed? So listeners. Um, In Edinburgh? Oh, now we can say it properly. Edinburgh. La Irona. See? I, I love our that. vocabulary is increasing it. No, you. La Lirona. No, the, what, what, what was the one that you couldn't say? The uh, Trans-Allegheny. I still can't say it. Trans-Allegheny. There, I said it now. Oh, hey, but I'll forget. So lovely listener, welcome to the weird. Um, We wasted a lot of time on the intro, but I was actually really curious about the the friar because I've been wondering. So I'm sure we've all been enriched by that information. Anyway, we're so glad you're with us. We're happy to report we've been monitoring our stats lately and um, we have a pretty consistent following. Nobody seems to be leaving us. And that's good because I have a long history of people leaving me.
1: Yeah, well, uh, it's uh, it's nice to see people growing, uh, our audience base growing, and and we appreciate the listening. And it's a neat medium, right? Because we're not asking anyone to buy anything. Uh, we're just hoping uh, that people listen, and because it's an investment uh, of our time. But I, I know you and I have talked about this off recording that we really enjoy it. And it's just very nice to know that I think people seem to be liking what they're hearing. And so thank you for listening, folks. We just want people to enjoy this information and these stories as much as we do. That's about it. Hey, okay, and if you do enjoy this, please rate us on uh, whatever player that you you listen to us on. I know I don't think all of them have that capability. Certainly uh, iTunes or whatever the hell Apple's is called. I think Spotify does as well. I don't are we on are, we're on Spotify, I guess. We're on all the major players, Riley. Yeah. Okay, well, like we're like uh, we're a big deal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this week you don't have the giant Godiva mug, but this time I have grape crush drink.
1: Oh, so that's grape
0: crush. Oh. the grape crush drops.
1: See, I, I've been sporting the weird mugs. You bring Tang and what was that other drink you had two, three episodes ago? Well, it could have been anything. Kool-Aid. It was Kool-Aid. Oh, Kool-Aid. Yeah, you're bringing the, the drinks of my childhood. Well, do you know why I drink that? Do I think I told you. Because of your inner child that was never allowed to come out when you were growing up in your formative youth? I
0: hate water. I hate water. I hate it. So all through my childhood, my parents would have to flavor the water with something or I wouldn't drink it.
1: Perhaps there's a deeper symbolism behind that. Seeing as we're mostly comprised of water. Maybe what you're really trying to tell us is you hate yourself. Well, who doesn't, right? I mean, do you want to do the mirror exercise? Self-hatred right hatred is the foundation of life. Oh, there's another
0: t-shirt, right? We're going to eventually do a t-shirt. Yeah. And the slogan's going to be, it's always a bad time somewhere. The weird. Yeah. Because yeah. I said that accidentally and I, it's not that I said it. It's just that I thought it was funny. And I didn't realize until I was editing it that it is kind of funny.
1: And I'd like to give some of these things out to some of our listeners that are contributing to the show. Uh, my mom just sent me a list of like twenty-five different topics that uh, we could do. Your mom? So maybe we'll give my mom a shirt.
0: All right, let's give our listeners a story. They're probably like, "Would you shut the fuck up and say something it's weird?" Been almost ten minutes. I know. I'm feeling that way, and I'm I'm <laughs> oh part of this. Okay, boy. I have a great story for you this week. I stumbled across this story researching another story that I've dropped. Oh.
1: Oh yeah. The other yeah, story was there. too
0: similar to Bell Witch. I might try to get it later, but it was way too similar to Bell Witch. So I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna do that.
1: When we're into episode five hundred, you're probably gonna we're gonna need to start I'll, I'll be scraping the barrel. We'll be like, oh
0: This week I'm telling you the tale of the toenail monster that was sighted in a California bathroom yesterday yeah no this is uh, this is a really really good story with a very disappointing twist ending so I'm already telling the listeners if you know you're feeling a little emotionally vulnerable right now you might not want to listen to this one because the ending is a little bit bleak like it's a little disappointing but again disappointment is also the foundation of life
1: so not bleak like wolf of bed The werewolf of Bedberg. Because that actually kind of sort of has maybe a happy ending because he got what was coming to him. Oh, but
0: boy, did he. And I love that you were like, you know, I really don't want to get into the graphicness, but boy, did you fucking describe his death.
1: I know. know.
0: And then they sliced flesh off him and cooked (laughs) it and made bacon sandwiches, which the villagers were all ordered to eat like fun. That tells you how freaking disturbing the other stuff I wouldn't mention was. Yeah, I looked some of it up. It wasn't that bad.
1: Well... You're a
0: sociopath. What did you call me? A sociopath? <laughs> yes. Did you just call me? <laughs> yes. You're a sociopath. I've never been called that to my face. <laughs> it's the first for everything. Oh, Jesus, that's funny. You're yes. a sociopath. <laughs> oh Dan, I love this. Okay, taking you back to the '90s. That's your decade. Oh boy, wouldn't sort of. I'm taking you back to March 1990. So it was high school in the '90s. To a small town in Texas called Selena. The population is now 16,000. So it's still kind of small town America. But at the time of the story, I'm telling you, it was around 2000 people. It was a very ordinary, quiet, little American town. Everything that you think an American town would be, I always use back to the future as my template. You know how the back to the future town looks? This is what Selena looks like. It's got the square with the church. I grew up in a town like that. So I'm taking you to a place called very quaint, very, very quaint and also very protective of itself, which a lot of small towns in uh, the United States and Canada are a lot of towns that enjoy a good lifestyle are protective of that lifestyle. Yeah. So I'm taking you to a little property outside the town of Selena called the Footlights Ranch and the Footlights Ranch is about 13 acres of pretty wild territory as well as a seasonal pond. And this is um, just to give you an idea of geographically where we are. We're about one hour north of the thriving city of Dallas. So the Footlights Ranch is owned by Travis and Olivia Mabel. They purchased that property in 1983, just after they had given birth to their first son, Aiden. And Aiden's birth was the primary reason for them purchasing the property they wanted uh, bigger space for Aiden to grow up and they wanted him to, Sure. a lot of people I know are doing that now too, after they have kids, they wanted their kids to grow up with some room to roam in. It was a big home, ranch style home. So long rambling house. And the ultimate plan was they were going to fill that house up with kids. A very idyllic life. It's the dream I think every family in probably the United States and Canada have. They want a, a nice house, a big family, and room for them to grow into. Aiden was the firstborn, and he was the light of their lives. He was, I've seen pictures, gorgeous little kid. They doted on him as I think firstborns often are, spent a lot of time with him, Olivia more than Travis. She was the mother, of course. So yeah, and he he grew, he thrived. He was a lovely kid and he uh, took to the outdoors as they'd hoped he would, because that's one of the reasons they bought the house. So he would have all this outdoors to to play in and he loved it. So the date is March the 13th, 1990. And Aiden went to play outside as he often did at the time he's seven years old so he's through the little kid phase he's in school um and his mother as she traditionally did said hey you gotta be back in time for dinner don't forget and he was a pretty good kid he mm. always came back in time for dinner so off he went into the trees in the fields surrounding the house time passed olivia was doing va- various domestic chores and by 5 30 he hadn't returned home Dinner was on the table ready and waiting. They ate early. It was really unusual for him to be that late. He would be five to 10 minutes late, perhaps, but not that much because mm-hmm. he knew that dinner was around five o'clock. So 5.30 was pushing it. So Olivia goes and fetches her husband, Travis. Mm-hmm. She's worried. And so the Mables decide they're going to go out into the property and try to find him. And they assume he just lost track of time. So not far from the main house, they go over hill. They come down uh, towards the seasonal pond, and there they find Aiden floating face down in the water. Apparently, he had fallen in and had drowned. Travis pulls the boy from the water and tries to revive him, tries to do mouth-to-mouth. It is to no avail. He is cold. He Mm. has been in the water for quite some time. He is definitely definitely deceased as one can imagine their grief was overwhelming it was beyond belief and it was that grief and that guilt that would eventually tear their marriage completely asunder
1: yeah and very common yeah
0: and because it was an accident they blamed themselves They blamed each other. The guilt was constant. The bickering was constant. The crying, the fighting, it just went on and on and on. Now, Mm -hmm. Olivia, the mother was the hardest hit by the accident, of course, because she was the one who had given permission for him to go out in the first place. Mm -hmm. Shortly after his death, she stopped working. She found that she could no longer work. Mm -hmm. She almost never left the house. She stopped attending church. Before that, she had been very religious and gradually broke off contact with almost everyone in her in her life all friends all family even her husband
1: that reminds me of the story you told several episodes back a personal story yes that, that, something like that happening in your Yeah, town.
0: Those, the, those people on christmas eve he that's fell asleep right. and the two kids died oh that oh, that's, thats a right, bleak yeah. story their uh, marriage deteriorated bit by bit piece by piece until 1991 when travis couldn't take any more and they divorced and he headed to Eastern U S to start a new life. He went to the new England area where I'm from uh, footnote. He did eventually remarry. a uh, remarry. He did eventually find someone and uh, started a new family. Uh, he did not stay in contact with Olivia. They didn't want anything to do with one another. Mm-hmm. Olivia decided to stay at the ranch and she lived almost as a hermit would live no one really saw her or heard from her again the only exception believe it or not was a sighting by a neighbor later that year in 1991 but beyond that nobody saw her she responded to nothing and no one she had her groceries delivered and when they would be delivered she would ask that they be left at the door and she would leave the money at the door as well if you did perchance knock at the front door of the house she would not answer The world outside ceased to exist for her and for the world around her, she ceased to exist because she was gradually forgotten. Okay, now we're gonna jump ahead to 1994. Yeah, February 27th, 1994, the local 911 service receives a phone call. When the 911 operator picks up the receiver, there's no one on the other end. No one says anything. Whoever it is, stays on the line for a few minutes before abruptly hanging up. As per procedure, they begin to trace the call. Right. Every time a 911 call comes through and it's a hang up, they immediately initiate a trace. Then a second call happens.
1: I did that at my friend Cheryl Smith's house when I was in grade seven, I believe. Oh, you you called 911 and hung up? At her house
0: and hung up. Oh, you're bad. And meanwhile, a woman across town bled to
1: death because they were at your house. Oh, they weren't at my house. They were at Cheryl Smith's house. Which is worse. Well, I had nothing to do with it. I love how I'm blameless. I just merely picked up a phone, okay? And I pressed some buttons. Anyway, yes, they do come to your house. They do. Uh, Just to lighten things up for a second, I am very close with my siblings. Uh, I went to my sister's house several years ago. And when I would go over, uh, I would just walk in. Like, I wouldn't knock, you know? and one time i walked in and i i my sister i thought she was home but she wasn't my niece was and i was like "How? Oh, hey it's just, just jerry coming in here i was just wondering if you guys got any uh, uh, cold cuts in your fridge or like i just did a weird voice and um i didn't hear anything and so I, I changed my voice and, hello, hey. Well, in that t- a short amount of time, and I'm talking like a minute, my niece called the police. Oh. She called 911. She was somewhere in the house and thought a strange person had walked in. And then that was it. The police came and I had to stay. And they they, they like grilled me to make sure like I wasn't actually holding her. Like I had to give all my information, explain who I was. She tried to explain who <laughs> I wasn't. I think she was like 19. So this is not a oh. young kid. This is like older, 18, 19. Well, she did the right thing. Oh, I didn't. I wasn't upset with her. I thought it was kind of funny. If This is the sister that you ever said. Your
0: sister's incredibly old, right? She's much older than you. She's younger than you. Well, everybody is. But
1: you said she's incredibly old. No, she's not incredible. I've never said she's incredibly How old. How old is she? She would, my sister would, would kick the living shit out of me. How much older is she than you? Incredibly older. She's nine years older than I am. That's old. Well, does she, uh, does she have both of her original hips? Yes. Okay, good. She's doing well then. She, I believe my sister is, uh, how old am I? I'm 43. So she is 52. Oh, that's old.
0: Okay. Anyway, you ready to go back to the, to the story or? Yes. Second call happens. Same long silence and a hang up. A third call happens. Same long silence with the inevitable hang up. They finally trace the calls to the Footlights Ranch, home of Olivia Mabel, our mother Hmm. in question. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A patrol car is sent to check on the residents. They have to do a well-being check. In the car are two officers, Francesca Santiago and Terry Golsher. It's approximately 10 p.m. when they arrive.
1: It's always worse when it's night. God, it's all, they have to use flashlights and shit. It's just always worse at night. Well, how many horror movies have you seen? And I know there are some, but how many horror movies have you seen where it's daylight?
0: Maybe Texas Chainsaw, I think.
1: Yeah, uh, Blair Witch. The hills
0: Have Eyes, yeah. It's approximately 10 p.m. They arrive at the ranch and they find that everything is locked up extremely tightly. They notice that mail has accumulated in the mailbox. And the windows have been painted with white paint from the inside.
1: Oh, gross.
0: Now, they try to knock or open the front door, but the front door has swollen shut from misuse. It hasn't been opened in so long that the humidity has swollen it and buckled it outward. So it's permanently jammed. You're not getting that door open. So the police head to the back door. Same situation, but the back door has a bit of give to it. So they decide to break it down. And they do. Mm -hmm. They break open the back door and they go inside the house. Within the house, it appears to be completely abandoned. Dust and cobwebs cover every surface. It looks like the house has not been lived in or touched in years. Every room is in the same state, complete neglect. Some of the furniture has been broken. Some of it has been overturned. It honestly, it looks like people just walked away and just left the house and vandals have gotten in. However, the officers, Santiago and Golshir finally reach what had once been Aiden's room. When they open the door, they find it is pristine like a museum. It is clean Mm. and tidy. There's no dust. All the clothing is folded perfectly on shelves. Everything is in its place. In the center of the room, Olivia Mabel is sitting in a rocking chair. Oh, girl,
1: oh God, okay.
0: She's wearing a nightgown and slippers. Yeah, of course. And she's dead. Oh! She's been dead for quite a while. Okay, I wasn't seeing that. Uh, Given the extent of her decay, she's been dead for at least a month. In her hands, she's holding a homemade doll made in her dead son's image.
1: Oh no, Jesus.
0: It's wrapped in bits (laughs) of his clothing. Oh, (laughs) Oh, It
1: gets better. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is not where I thought this was going. Me neither. See why I had to do this one? (laughs)
0: Yes. Okay. Directly in front of her is an altar to Aiden's memory. It is covered with candles, flowers that are now dried, photographs and drawings of her late son, and many of his favorite cherished possessions. It was also littered with heart-wrenching letters from Olivia to her dead son. Hmm. Now, the officers at this point were really, really disturbed. You think? And the big why was, who the
1: hell called 911? Yeah. Right? The rest of the house is dilapidated and doesn't look like it's been lived in for years. The room is still pristine. I don't normally swear, but I'm swearing There's no sign
0: of forced entry anywhere in the house. The doors and windows are all securely locked from the inside. Actually, there's no indication that anyone has been near that property for a very long time. Now, here's the big one. The officers go back to the living room. They find that the house only has one phone line, and that's the phone in the living room, which is covered in dust. There is no way it could have been used without the dust being disturbed. So, how did a 911 call come from that house with that phone? And these phone calls all happened on the yeah, same day? Three in a row. Yeah,
1: okay. That day. Okay.
0: okay. So, they put in a call for backup they're calling it a Mm. suspicious death more officers arrive as well as forensic people and they begin to carefully examine all the evidence one Mm. of the officers know notes that in one of the back hallways there is a small set of bare footprints (gasps) bare feet footprints leading from a hallway to a window which has been violently smashed A window going where? Outside. They didn't notice that window before. It's at the very back of the house in a little alcove. And there are footprints leading from inside the house, just starting from nowhere. So they can't trace them back. They just start in the middle of the hallway and look like someone ran towards the window. And the window is broken
1: out. So, you know, this is starting to remind me of, well, Pet Cemetery. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right, but Gage, I think is a little- the remake so That remake was so
0: bad, I, we must never speak of it. Okay, so here's here's something good. So they start to examine the letters that Olivia had written to her deceased son. They're all over the altar. Mm-hmm. One of particular note states the following, and this is verbatim. My Aiden, I'm sorry. I am so sorry. I should never have let it get like this. I am leaving. I will not let you keep me, you vile, evil creature. Mommy's coming for you, Aiden, my sweet Aiden. Mommy loves you. That letter was dated February the 27th, 1994. That day. Oh, my God. What? Oh, hold on. But she'd been dead for a while. But there's a letter written from her, dated February 27th, 1994, which is that very day the officers are there. Right? (laughs) Okay. You ready to add another layer to the cake?
1: There's another layer? How many layers is this thing?
0: Officers began to discover signs that Olivia had been experimenting with the occult. Around the altar to Aiden, and I've seen pictures of it, were very strange characters, which they eventually determined were Sanskrit. Once the characters had been translated, they were discovered to mean to construct or to build. Experts on this sort of thing speculate that she had been trying to conjure something known as a tulpa, otherwise known as a thought form. In mystical Buddhism, it's believed that you can bring a being to life through sheer force of thought. However, this practice requires years and years of discipline and ritualistic practice. All indicators, including the doll that she had made point to this being the likelihood that she had been trying to manifest an entity in her son's image. Now, people who are into this sort of thing believes that that's what happened and that the being turned against her.
1: Well, it's interesting too, because. And I won't go into it, but that, that is the episode I'm going to be talking about next week. And, and we didn't talk about this beforehand. Yeah. It'll be a nice... Uh, they compliment each other. Ketchup and mustard. Well, I know uh, how creepy is that? <laughs> because
0: we didn't plan that. But anyway. So could she have conjured something because she was so overwhelmed with grief? And that is Pet cemetery, really. Mm-hmm. And it turned against her. Mm-hmm. So reread the letter that I read to you in that context. It makes perfect sense because she says, this thing is turning against me. I'm sorry, Aiden, right? Yeah, right. And also it explains the footprints because the Tulpa obviously probably killed her and then fled the house and now it's at large. And
1: maybe you're gonna get to this, but do we know the cause of death? No, and that's even more of a mystery. We'll get there.
0: The officers at the scene, Santiago, Golsher, and everybody else who showed up, said that the whole time that they were there, they felt uneasy. They said they felt an angry, strong presence in the vicinity of the home. They didn't want to be there. They were very happy to get away from the home. That's basically the whole mysterious story of Olivia Mabel. The current owner of the property has retained the house for 25 years and has been unable to sell it. Uh, He says that prospective buyers just feel that there's something very off about the house and they just don't want to live there. That owner has also reported a number of unexplained occurrences when renovating or just visiting the house. In 2005 he enlists the help of a paranormal investigator named Drew Navarro and Drew is invited by that owner to come and visit the property and he does. He stays, actually stays over a couple of days. He sleeps there, which I would not do. Nope. Takes a, you know, Takes a certain kind of guy. So mm-hmm. Navarro claims that he has never felt a more imposing force in all of his travels and investigations he literally couldn't breathe when he entered the home he says there was a constant shifting erratic energy that felt like a spiteful child all just raw emotion navarro says the following i'm not even sure this was even ever on our physical plane in the hundreds Of locations I've studied, I've never felt such an imposing force. I couldn't breathe. My heart was constantly racing. Its energy kept changing, but none of it felt inviting. Whatever is in there, it's extremely possessive and behaves so erratically like a jealous child throwing a tantrum. As far as I'm concerned, that house and that entire property should be avoided. It needs a serious intervention because I'm not sure what we're dealing with. At this time, the property is still for sale.
1: Well, let's buy it. <laughs> Actually, the house is falling down. Let's not buy it. Not because of demonic spirit uh, inhabiting its uh, its four walls, but because of its current physical Well, and no offense to
0: anybody, but I don't really want to live
1: in Texas. I you know, Not... Not it's, Dallas, uh, especially.
0: It. Why not Dallas? I just don't think it's the right place for me. What about Austin? Yeah, Austin's cool. San Antonio is a very San nice Antone. They have bad problems, though, with uh, COVID. But Who doesn't, really? Okay, so, Dan, yeah. what yeah. the fuck killed Olivia? Did someone get into the house secretly? Here, I'm going to tell you the final bits. And this is where the story gets disappointing. Oh. No one can find a death certificate for Olivia Mabel. There is no coroner's report for Olivia Mabel there are no news articles about the incident oh and this is weird given how odd and compelling the whole narrative is right okay finally there is no record of a property known as the footlights ranch oh now some claim and no one's been able to prove it but some claim that this was all a very elaborate viral marketing campaign in support of a film called Thought Form that was never made. A terrible name for a movie. Well, Tolpa is a thought form. I know, but Thought Form is not a good name for the, a No, it film. doesn't make me want to see it. It sounds like a mattress. No. Well, thanks, thanks tonight, my new Thought Form mattress, I can get a
1: boner. You know, when I'm being a woolly mammoth, <laughs> I like to do it in a thought form. Oh,
0: I, I will never let you forget when I'm in full woolly mammoth mode. Did Marion hear that? You probably keep this from her.
1: No, I didn't mean that. I was referencing the book directly and you extrapolated uh, sexual innuendo from it because that's where your mind lurks for most parts of the day.
0: <sighs> okay, okay. We'll try and experiment. I want you to send Marion a text right now saying, hey, Marion, meet me upstairs. I'm in full woolly mammoth mode. And
1: you see how she takes it. I would get slapped or laughed oh, at. Oh, okay. Well, she knows you. That's not our thing at all.
0: So what do you think if the story
1: is so good? Well, I was going to say that might be the most, one of the most incredible stories you've told. And I still think it was, it was good. But in terms of like, well, wait a minute, like... She she. It doesn't look like she ever left that room. How did she survive in the room? There's no groceries. There's the, uh, the the window getting burst out. There were so many unexplainable things. Well, just the idea of this grieving mother found dead. Even if there was no supernatural element to it at all, it's still a fucking great story. It is. And but it, it this is something that will. And again, we'll get into this more next week. That is real. Like, people really do try these things. This is stuff that's actually done. Well, and also the idea of the grieving mother maintaining her kid's
0: room like a monument. That's not unusual at all, right?
1: No. uh, Look, I remember my best friend passed away when I was 14 years old. He was 16. He was my next door neighbor. I thought your best friend was Lawson, Jeff Lawson. Uh, jeff actually came later oh Uh, i met jeff when i was 15 okay okay i thought you were little kids together no um and uh so my my best friend died suddenly and it was a huge shock to all of us especially his parents they did keep his room as far as i know like eventually you know it's not like i was going into the house but they did keep his room as it was uh, for as long as i know was he sick or was it truly suddenly it it he uh the summer previous to his he'd passed away in march he'd gone to india to visit family and contracted typhoid oh no and survived but uh when he came back he was never the same he was gone for a long time i think he was gone for like most of the summer and when he get when he got back he was never quite the same He'd recovered from the typhoid by that point, but we used to play road hockey all the time or football and things like that outside. And he was always tired and and um, and I remember always taking showers because he was sweating. Like he was a guy who really cared about his appearance and, you know, he was a proud guy. And uh, was just, yeah, always winded and you could see the bags under his eyes. And it was March. It was the beginning of our March break or spring break. They had a family gathering and that was a friday night and on saturday morning sometime early in the early hours of saturday morning he passed his heart stopped oh my and god yeah so it, it I, I i mean i have seen firsthand what that does to a. Friend. And all because of and uh, the, it was a consequence of having had typhoid it weakened his heart look i was 14 years old so i wasn't asking very specific questions but that's what i yeah i re- recall that connection being made uh, between his passing and 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 that illness prior, so. I've never heard you ever talk of that. I don't. I don't often bring those things up. But that's yeah. a big thing. It, it's something that was very painful, and obviously, I've come to peace with that incident in my life. He's still someone that I think about uh, from time to time. So he's never been forgotten, and in a good way. One of the takeaways from that, I think, very early on, I was reminded of how fleeting things can be and to not take relationships or the things that we love Never. for granted right before that I lost my grandmother and uh, and an uncle and then and then Ragu and uh, that was his name and then and then I, it was just uh, 10 or 12 years later uh, my other friend Jamie also passed away suddenly from a rare form of leukemia and uh, so these things are you know and Johnson Moretti, our mutual friend as well, well, my mom, my mom was dead at 48 yeah. from cancer.
0: And my mom left me with um, the lesson that um, don't squirrel away your money for retirement voraciously. Don't plan your whole life for retirement. Yeah. Plan your whole yeah. life for tomorrow. And yeah. just live it always. Don't don't wait to live it. Um, just embrace it. Embrace the now as well as the future. I'm not saying blow all your money and have nothing. Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah. It's finding that balance, right?
0: So go, dan that's my whole story it's a shorter narrative this week because i don't have any answers and all i can put forth are theories and you have them uh so the three mm-hmm. big theories are that uh that it is in fact a hoax but you know what no one can prove that no one's been able to prove it um they've never been able to trace the person behind the film so who knows They've never, there's no hmm. concrete evidence that this was a hoax. A lot of um, indicators point in that direction, but there's no proof. And the other theory is that someone was in the house with her. And the third theory, which the occult people really in, like to support, is that she did, in fact, manifest a tulpa, which turned on her and then fled the house.
1: The only issue I have with any of that is that it, we would there would be something like in the news. About well, that's Jess. the
0: weird part. I don't know. I don't care because I think it's a freaking great story. And someone should make a damn movie out of it. Honestly. It's a really, I, I, like when I was he, when I first read the story, I read the first version of, was a narrative that was written, um, I was spellbound because, you know, this house and then they open the door and there she is in the rocking chair all desiccated like a mummy and mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, by the way, before we go, I want to tell you something I meant to tell you earlier. For fans of horror, watched a really great movie and I want to tell everybody to watch it called The Mortuary Collection. It, I think it was done for Shudder. It's got such good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes and stuff. Just really Mm -hmm. great classic horror done really, really well without too much gore, without a little bit of humor. Couldn't say enough about this movie. It was the perfect Halloween movie, The
1: Mortuary Collection. And I also watched a movie I'd like to recommend. I've never mentioned it before, but it is a Halloween classic. Uh, Riley, have you ever seen Big Trouble in Little China? I knew it was going that way. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, wash um,
0: you... Just hand me a wash so I can drown Dan Lajoie in it. Uh,
1: I got nothing more, my friend. That's it. A short episode this week. I, I enjoyed that. That was fun. Well, I'm sorry. That wasn't fun. That was really, <laughs> really disturbing, but that's fun. And I like that it was a little shorter than what I usually do. And a really good, this will go nicely with the episode that you're, we're going to do next week. All right. So I guess that's it, dear listener. Uh, You've been spending uh, this
0: last 40 minutes with us here at The Weird, and we're sure glad you did.
1: Yeah, so am I. Okay. Don't take all the credit for enjoying them. And we'll be coming at you next
0: week with uh, episode 22. Like it's the caliber of a bullet. Okay. So until next week, sayonara. Adios.
1: You know, when I'm being a woolly mammoth, I like to do it in a thought-form mattress.